Hello everybody, it's time for another episode of Dreadful Talk. This is going to be Dreadful Talk number 32, episode 32, and um, yeah, I'm excited, and I just want to thank everybody that's been a part of this journey, and man, you know, me, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the 2021's been off to a really rough start, start for me, and um, you know, I'm sure it's been a rough start to some of y'all out there as well, and you know... I just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, I know that may be oversimplified advice or cliche or whatever, but I sw that's what keeps me going, man. I, you just can't even let the thought of quitting into your mind and you just got to deal with adversity and just put one foot in front of the other. There's something blocking your foot. You can step on it. You can step over it. You can step around it, but you still got to move that foot for the next step. And man, the man that helped me put one foot in front of the other today is my good friend and most solid dude I know. I can always count on him. My beefy boy compadre, the one and only Harrison Madden. Let's get him on here, man. Hey, how we doing? Man. Doing good, bro. Now you pulled my balls out of the fire, my guy. <laughs> Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. I'm honestly really pumped to do this uh, this dreadful talk just because like the first roughly two and a half months, but realistically just seventy days of UFC fights is pure fire, man. Like pure, pure fire. Yeah, pure fire. And we we've had a little layoff. You know, we went uh, you know twenty something weeks in a row, and then you know this past couple of weeks, I've just been like going crazy, not knowing what to do with myself with no UFC fights and no BB boys. So uh, yeah, I hope everybody. Out there has been, you know, enjoying the Beefy Boys clips. I've been working hard to get those, you know, um, caught up to date and everything. And, and yeah, for those that, you know, I know the podcast can be a little long. Not everybody has two, three hours. You know, sometimes we go deep. And I'm cool. I love going deep. But, you know, that doesn't work for everybody's schedule. So I've broken right. down Beefy Boys um, into, like, small, you know, 5, 10, 15-minute clips that are just more palatable for people on the go. Or, you know, you, you have maybe one specific fight, and you don't feel like scrolling through and, and trying to find where we talk about that fight. So everybody go check out the Beefy Boys Breakdown YouTube page. Plenty of new clips up there where we you can find specific fights we break down or even just funny little moments of that where we're having a good time. So, yeah. Um, th yeah, this episode is brought to you by those Beefy Boys clips. Go check them out, everybody. They're, they're a lot. Yes, sir. You know, it's a lot, and I do it myself. Like, I'm a podcast fan, and sometimes I do watch the whole two hours. But, you know, sometimes I want a little 10-minute 10, 10 JRE clip or a little funny this or that. So I get it. I love podcast clips myself. I love the how Chell Sonnen – Chell Sonnen does his whole podcast in only clips. I don't even think really? this is the long form. So it's it's cool. So, you know, we're, we're, we're right there. We're not fully caught up, but we will be soon. And, yeah, man, so – that be, all that being said, I missed the fuck out of the UFC. I missed the fuck out of Beef You Boys. And, and so, yeah, I, I, we, we were literally, for those that don't know, a little behind the scenes, actually, me and Harrison were going to just talk UFC this morning just to talk it. And yeah. because we're boys and we like UFC, that's what the, that's how we even started Beef You Boys to begin with. And then um, I had some last minute things fall through with the Dreadful Talk guest. And my boy, you know, Harrison stepped up to the plate, and I'm like, let's just have this conversation on air. So, you know, that's what podcasting really is. It's a conversation. It's friendship. It's camaraderie. It's community, you know, about a specific topic. And this week's topic is the UFC. Just, yeah, this upcoming – so ne this week or next week, however you want to look at it, we got three cards in seven days. So just talk about just like an adrenaline straight to the vein just to get things jumped off. And, I mean – I was just thinking about it last night, man, whenever I was texting you that uh, 
first fight of the year is, is well, main event fight is Max Holloway versus Calvin Kadar. And, dude, that might be the fight of the year. Like, there's a good chance that could be a fight of the year. Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of people are predicting, and that's what makes me nervous. Like, I don't want to be like a For a quick KO? I just – everybody in their dog is just saying, oh, this is a five-round guaranteed five-round banger. And as much as that would make me tingle as much as any other UFC fan, it's just everybody's making that prediction, and how often is everybody right? So I'm just yeah, – I'm, I'm, I'm just like, ah, don't jinx it. I'm essentially feeling like don't jinx it because obviously – nothing has to do with either one of those guys, but weird stuff happens in fights all the time. And, uh, and they're both super talented and they both, that's another thing I don't necessarily, I mean, I get the logic that's on everybody saying it's going to be a five round banger, but I, in my, in the back of my head, I'm like, both of these guys have the ability to end a fight and both of these guys eat yeah. shots. So it's like just this guaranteed five rounder, you know, I just, I, I feel you. Both guys have the cardio, and, and both guys have gone the distance. But I feel like it could also end quicker than that. What do we got here? Um, well, never can take punishment. It's going to be the distance for sure. Yeah, yeah. See, and and, and both guys have chins. That's a, that's a um, shout out to Shane. Thanks for your comment. You know, feel free to watch the shows live on IG. You can be a part of the action and uh, and, and and have interactions like that. But yeah, great point. Both guys have chins, and both guys have cardio. I think that's why, you know, the UFC math kind of points to a longer fight. But both guys are elite strikers, and both guys are, like, have kind of risky styles. And, and so I, I, the, the counter-argument exists. I'm not saying that's the hill I'm dying on, but the counter-argument to the long fight does exist. I will say that Calvin Cater has one of the best one-twos, if not the best one-two combination in all of mixed martial arts. So, I mean, you can put anybody out at any point with that. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then you know Holloway has crazy ass kicks, and, and we've seen a bunch of flash kick knockouts last year. And since we've been doing beefy boys, so yeah, man, I'm just saying like there, you know, every time you think you have this squirrely ass sport figured out, you know, it it, it it likes to switch things up on you. I don't know. Whenever the general public is super confident about something, I tend to pump the brakes a little bit. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, it's same with football betting a lot of the time. You know, when everyone hammers the over, that game almost always goes under. And it's like, all right, that sometimes, sucks because I'm always the guy hammering the over. <laughs> sometimes you got to zig when people are zagging, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, we're going to talk some sports betting. We're going to talk some money lines. Um, you know what? I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it is an interesting fight. I want to hear your opinion on it. It's a, um, we got two undefeateds come matching up on the, um, leading up to the Holloway Cater fight. Oh, like yeah. Todorovic. And yeah, 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 yeah. Soriano, um, both guys undefeated. Uh, Todorovic, a minus 160 favorite. Soriano, plus 130 underdog. Um, Todorovic has 10 wins. Soriano has seven. Soriano's a, a Dana White contender series guy, a couple middleweights. I, I don't know. I think that fight's going to be a lot of fun. So, if you remember um, when Jamie Pickett fought against Nchukwi, and we were talking about how tough Pickett was, right? Well... Uh, that is who, uh, not Todorovic, but that's who Punahele Soriano fought in his Dan White Contender Series fight was Jamie Pickett. He beat him and honestly did it a little bit better than Nchukwe did. So, like, it gives me a lot of interest in this fight. Well, and also he's 7-0 and Todorovic's 10-0, like you said. I honestly think Todorovic pulls it off. Yeah. Todorovic, Todorovic, however you say it. But yeah. I think that the difference can be if Soriano can get a takedown and hold Todorovic down. Uh, that's going to be where you see essentially the difference in the fight. Now, I think Todorovic can get back up, and he's a better striker overall. Yeah. yeah. And Soriano likes to strike and will wrestle out of necessity. 
Uh, but honestly, he's a really great grappler. So it's kind of to his detriment not to wrestle more. Uh, so I expect him to kind of keep doing that with, you know, he's 7-0. and So I don't think that he's going to change a lot of stuff. Now it has been 13 months since his last fight as well. Yeah, I so. think I, this is one that I could definitely see not going the distance for sure. Like, I don't know, as far as betting either guy, if you can bet the under one and a half, that might be a decent bet in this one. Because both guys haven't experienced a lot yet. And those losses are what create that tentativeness. So I, I really predict, you know, just full two bulls charging, two two rams meeting in the middle of the octagon. Um, I I and like I said, yeah, just when when two undefeated fighters, it's usually all gas, no breaks. Now I guess sometimes you have the reverse happen where guys are afraid of to lose their record or you know what I mean. But I don't see these guys don't strike me as that kind of guy. And they're both young. Yeah, super you know, like young. like I think I and they're both in the UFC now, so it's kind of like it's time to either throw it or, or go home. So I think you're right. I think they're going to come out and really like try and raise the pace on both, both, both guys are going to do that, which always leads to fireworks. Yeah, for sure. But I, I definitely, you know, I'm kind of feeling Vegas on this one. Like I, I think Todorovic will, you know, I think he can, you know, get the win here, but you know, it's kind of yeah, hard to predict my... those super young undefeated guys. He's my lean as well. But like I said, that's a hard fight to predict. And it really just comes down to if Soriano is going to be able to control him from the top yeah and then i definitely don't want to spend too much time on this one but i do want to shout out the young boy joaquin buckley he's fighting i think he's getting essentially land to the slaughter he, the ufc's doing him a favor trying to build him up here with the uh alessio disharico fight uh disharico's on a three fight losing streak and joaquin buckley likes to throw piss missiles i think i think <laughs> that this is a perfect parlay builder as, as yes we, sir you know what i mean yes I sir do. Uh, Buckley's a minus 300, so, you know, not but, insanely but, high, but that's a good number to build into a parlay. Yeah, I would – and I might honestly take him by a finish just because, like yeah. you say, he throws just straight piss missiles always. Yeah. Um, but they do have a common opponent in Kevin Holland. Yeah, they uh, both Kevin lost Holland. to Kevin Holland. Yeah, Kevin Holland put the work on DeSharico and obviously KO'd Buckley with a sick KO. Um, shout out Buckley, son of Kevin Holland. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kevin Holland no, Jr. No might call him. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, well, like I said, I, I think we both got Buckley in that one. I just want to shout that one out as a parlay builder, you know, maybe help a viewer out uh, on a parlay. Also, uh, Santa Nigo, Santa Nib, Santiago Ponzinibbio is back this week. And, uh, dude, he's a beast. He's a straight beast. Who, who, who's he fighting? I didn't even look into that matchup too much. Um, I cannot remember the name of his opponent off the top of my head. He's welterweight, 170. It's a fight he definitely should win. Um, and it's a guy that's been pretty active recently. I just can't remember his name off the top of my head. I should have written oh. it down. But, yeah, Santiago no, Ponsonibio, man. He, he throws straight missiles, and he's aggressive as hell. So, fun fight to watch. He is uh, <clears throat> the third fight from the end, so the featured. Oh, he's uh, fighting fight. the Lee, Lee Jingliang. Yeah, Jingliang. Okay. Jingling, as Jingling. Chubb would call him. <laughs> Jingling, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be a. That's gonna be and, I, and I don't. I'll be real. I do not want to spend time talking about Condit and Matt Brown. Like I. No, get no, no, it. no. It, it's it's an ABC card. Oh, that's something we haven't mentioned. This fight, everybody can watch. This True. Fight. Everybody, like even if as far like, as pop oh, culture is concerned, this is the biggest UFC event ever. ABC main network television, so you don't need ESPN during Plus, the day. It's not a pay per view. Yeah, it's actually starting like weirdly early, like nine a.m. West Coast for me. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. You get some Saturday morning ass whoopings if you're on the West Coast. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because they're over there in Fight Island. That's why the time's so screwed. But, yeah, Condon's fighting Brown. I They did that purely for name. Like, 
trying to like catch that trying to get the old like oh i guys watched this out. guy before like i i have heard of carlos condit like I, I i see what the ufc is doing there but as far as my interest level in that fight couldn't be lower um, yeah i know it uh don't but, i know it <laughs> definitely brother and uh but man max holloway versus calvin Cater, like this is one of those fights that gives me paralysis by analysis and like it does not make me want to stick my neck out for either side like this is one of those fights where, I mean, I hate to be Fence Rider McGee, but I feel like whichever way you stick your neck out super far for it, like, you're, you're going to get it chopped off. I, that's the way I feel. Like, I don't know. Do you feel strongly about this fight, brother? I don't necessarily feel strong, but I'm going to pick Calvin Cater in the upset. Mm. I'm not going to say I'm confident enough to put that into a parlay. Yeah. But as far as a straight bet, I'm, I would put my money on Cater this weekend. Yeah, no. His, I, like, so, and if you want my reasons, simply like we were talking about, everyone stands going to go the distance. Well, he has the better finishing power between the two of them. So, if there's going to be a finish, I think it's Caters, right? He's the I bigger think, man. Right. And I also think that Holloway loves to be in the pocket and strike. Well, so does Calvin Cater. Yeah. And if you look at his, his camp is New England Cartel with uh, Tyson Chartier as the coach, which I forgot to put him on our awards list. He should with have been Rob at least Font. nominated Rob with Rob Font. Font. That's actually his training partner yeah. who, like, he's on Fight Island with him as his, like, workout buddy. Uh, Rob Font looked tremendous against Marlon Marais in his last fight. And so I think that these guys in New England cartel right now are, like, on, on a pretty good hot streak. <clears throat> so – I like Cater's chances, man. I honestly do. Yeah, so so Cater Cater's the plus one twenty underdog, and that's a good number. I mean, you know, you're not sticking your neck out there too far. And then Holloway's the minus one fifty favorite. I think it's one of those things. I started the I started the day leaning kind of heavily Holloway, like feeling pretty good about that. But then I was doing my research through this podcast, and the more I looked into it, the more I like Cater. The only thing I can say, the only thing I can say is this is by far Cater's hardest opponent, and it's a pretty oh, damn yeah. significant jump in competition level. Yeah, no defenses to beat. Five, yeah, no defenses to beat, which also that is Cater's, that's Cater's last loss was a decision to Zabit, so he lost that. And if you watch that fight, he, he, he lost the first round, got stormed, got blitzed, you know, Zabit's crazy pressure. Second round – Kind of starts to get intermittent and tide changes, but still probably just beats around. Dude, third round, Cater was walking him down, feeding him shots, almost finished him. Like, if that's a five-round fight, he easily wins in the fourth. So, yeah, man. Just, to, just something to consider. Context, context, for sure. It's all about right. context. And speaking of context, Holloway's coming off of a two-fight losing streak, but the two losses are to the champ Volkanovski. And, a and lot he of won the last won. fight. Exactly. He won the last so, fight. So, man, like, like – as the minute that's what I'm saying. This fight, the minute I start to feel good about one of these guys, like the counter argument makes a fuck ton of sense too. Because like, Cater, he's on the rise. He's a physical stud. I mean, he has the finishing power. But like I said, I mean, the, like the, he's this is the biggest stage. I mean, debatably, any UFC fighter has been on. If you're just talking like actual definition of the word stage. Oh yeah, and, and ABC. the ABC. And then on top of that, but like, and I said, the, the jumping competition. It is just so staggering. I mean, Cater's last is Cater's last win and his most impressive win was over damn fifty k Ige, and that's a good win. But that and he was pretty does, dominant in that win. But was. that doesn't hold not, a candle to the guys Holloway's fought. Holloway's fought like a who's who of, of MMA, like seriously, and all across different weight classes. So that's why another reason I, if you want to use the Cater size argument, it's like 
always fought in bigger weight classes. So, like, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't – Yeah. He, he's going to – he's definitely, like, by definition, knows how to handle size. I yeah. just – Man, like anytime I start a, to like talk myself fight, into one's argument, the, the other side, like like it's 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 one of those things. Yeah, I want to touch this one really bet. I I want to touch no. it with a ten foot pole, even because everybody's saying the same bet. Like, oh, bet the over uh, two and a half. Like, I don't even I, as we talked about. At the end of this, <laughs> I don't even. I'm not sold on that. Like, I could easily I, see somebody getting starched. I'm sure the odds on that prop are going to get pushed to like minus three hundred anyway. So, yeah, man. Even though over two and a half won't be early enough. Yeah, man. I just the the whole thing it, it's it's does like resume matter and and what does because you can make the argument that that caters peaking and I'm not saying Holloway's washed, but I think it's probably pretty hard to make the argument that Holloway's peaking. And so uh, it's like it's yes, peak, I agree. Like, but he's still oh, young, you know. He's 28. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I just. I don't know. And, and yeah, Cater, there's just something about a guy on the way up and then versus a guy that's like been to the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it's That's kinda how I feel. But it's not a gatekeeper fight, but it's almost like this weird like like Holloway I think deserves the, the third fight with Volkanovsky, but you can't give it to him after losing two. So yeah. he's gotta go out and win probably this fight and another one perhaps to get that shot, right? Because Ortega's gonna fight Volkanovsky next anyway. True. And so You'd probably have Holloway have to and, beat, and like, Holloway's already or beaten Ortega, right? That, exactly. That. So, so, but if Ortega wins, then Holloway gets that shot. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, that's what he hopes happens. It's a weird situation at one forty-five. It's a weird right situation, now. and, I, and I, I'm so excited that this is the fight that the public get to see. Like, what a cool mm -hmm. like showcase for mixed martial arts and for the UFC, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we both rode that fence about as hard. We rode that fence like a fucking truck stop. Hard fight, man. Yeah, it's a hard man, fight. But, I don't like I said I'm not sticking my neck out there like the minute I start to feel good about a pick uh, this the the arguments for the other side but as a fan cannot wait for it I mean it's one of those things I mean to be honest since it is such a coin flip I mean if as far as if you want to if you just absolutely have to bet this fight because you're one of those guys that you have to bet it to make it interesting I mean you might as well take Cater in the money that's, right I mean like, right. It, that's that's my pretty much the reason behind picking him is that like it's just more worth it to bet him because I think it's almost a straight 50-50. So it's like you might as well take the guy with the plus, plus over 100 odds, you know? Yeah, no, so. I, I, yeah I, I feel you. I feel you. Just so that's what talking betting and talking like who you think is going to win sometimes can be like two different arguments, you know what I mean? But, uh, right, yeah. But, no man, joke, let's move dude. on to this next card real quick. And Chiesa versus Magni. Um, Fun fight. It's a fun fight. It's a fun fight. I think fight. they made him a huge mistake making this fight. Huge mistake. Get uh, into that a little bit, bro. Okay, so this all stems from – this was supposed to be the Hamzat Leon Edwards card for the second yes. time, right? Because we missed out on that originally in December already. Well, we missed it in December because Hamzat got COVID, right? Yeah. And so then they put it in uh, here for this January date. Well, apparently Hamzat got pretty sick and was having, like, respiratory problems. So he wanted to push it out further. And so then Leon was like, I, he, you know, Leon's still saying, I want to fight. I want to fight. And then Neil Magny's sitting there saying, I want to fight Leon Edwards. I'll fight Leon Edwards. And Leon Edwards agrees, like, you know, just over Twitter. Yeah, I'd fight you, Neil Magny. Like, whatever. It's all good. And then the UFC is like, nope, we're rebooking you for Hamzat because that's the fight we've got to make. So now they've rebooked that, it to though. the 13th of March. The, the, the yeah. Hamzat narrative is like this, like, kindling that the UFC <laughs> it, has to, like, 
like, but this can't this can't turn into like a Ferguson Khabib no. kind of a thing. It no, can't no, happen no. like that. Like no. if this doesn't happen on the thirteenth, get off of it and give him someone else. Like you just Agreed. can't keep pushing it because we need to see Hamzat fight. We got to see him. He's so hot. He's such a big. You can't let the meteorite burn out. No, totally. Yep. Yep. For sure, man. So, uh, I, and I feel bad for Magni because I think he misses out here because I think Magni should honestly put the work in on Kiesa, and I don't think Kiesa is much of a challenge. But I mean, it's fine. You know, it's it's a fine fight. Really? Yeah. No, it's this. That's interesting. That's interesting because let me see. Because Chiesa, he's coming off of three wins, one of which includes Dos Anjos. I think that was the yeah. most recent win. He has a win over Dos Anjos, and we've seen how good Dos Anjos looks recently. So that's like that made me feel pretty good about Chiesa that went over RDA. He does have losses to Kevin Lee and Pettis, which may you know he may struggle more with strikers. Which I think you know Magni is that where you see Magni having the advantages on the feet. Yeah, yeah. I think Magni's leg kicks are going to hurt Chiesa a lot. is a pretty strong grappler, yeah. not the best striker. Yeah. Um, and I think Magni has really good jiu-jitsu as it is already. So I think they might be almost even as far as jiu-jitsu. is the better overall grappler. Magni, I think, is a much cleaner striker. And he throws straight shots, which are always tougher for a wrestler to deal with. True. All great points. I'll say Magni's like record, the guys he's beat, not the most impressive. I mean, he beat Jangalang and Rocco Martin and Old Man Lawler. I mean, those are his last three wins. So, you know, not necessarily been. I just, I feel like they don't really try to build Magny's star. It's kind of messed up. But he's one of those guys like Tyron Woodley where he kind of bites the UFC's hand a lot. And they don't love him for that, obviously. So they don't give him, like, the best fights or opportunities to shine. But he looks good in those fights, those, those last three fights you named. No, yeah, he looked, yeah, no, no, I agree. He looked great. It's just like, you know, I think this is a big jump in competition for sure. I think like this would be essentially his most signature win to this point, right? I mean, if, yeah, and I will say Kiesa at 170 is way better than Kiesa at 155. That weight cut when he was at 55 years ago was him. killing him when he lost to Kevin Lee, killing him. And he beat RDA at 70, and RDA recently went back to 55 and got, he, last time RDA was 55 when he fought Felder. Okay, so, okay. And so, so and does the money line is Chiesa plus one ten, Magni minus one thirty? Does that influence you at all? Are you still taking that Magni minus one thirty? That's a I, good number. I would take Magni right now minus one thirty before it gets higher up because I think that's only going to move up in Magni's favor, in my opinion. Yeah. No, cool, man. That's that's why I love talking this stuff with you for sure, man. I you know what else me is into a cool it. I was kind of leaning leaning Chiesa. You know, especially if it gets to the ground, but but yeah, Magni might just not even let that happen. I think he might just put smoke on him and just keep it standing. A lot of strong leg kicks. I, I think there's a good chance Magni puts out a nice little showcase this week. Uh, that's the Wednesday card, by the way. Yeah, that is the Wednesday. That. Now, there's a super interesting fight, and the it's the second fight of the night. Uh, that would be Umar Nurmagomedov fighting. That is Khabib's younger brother, one of them. Uh, making his UFC debut, twelve and zero. Uh, oh, obviously, wow. obviously a monster. Um, but that is his younger brother. That's his real life blood brother. Wow, that's that's super interesting, man. He's a bantamweight too, so mm -hmm. it's a little smaller. A little smaller, but you know he's cutting like a motherfucker. Like you know he's still huge. Like yeah, like, right. He's like, massive like, for the weight class. When I, when I when I hear. 
Khabib's little brother is a bantamweight. I don't think he's tiny. I think, oh my god, these poor bantamweights because he's he's younger. I'm sure, like I, I'm sure he probably won't stay in bantamweight, but he'll come murder nah. a couple bantamweights and build it. <laughs> like I think that's I, I, probably the game plan. I think Umar eventually will move up to 45, and they have a younger, younger brother named Usman, which is super confusing because sometimes they'll reference Usman, and I think they're talking about Kamaru, <laughs> but they're, they mean Usman Nurmagomedov. But they say he's the best of all three of them. Wow. Uh, for, like, for, the, for, for his skills at his age, right? Wow, so, like the Lamello ball of the, the Habib family. No, which that's, is crazy to think. So, something else is real crazy or just real – Quick, I want to get your opinion on Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam is dropping down to flyweight to fight uh, yeah. Scott Schnell. What, yeah, what's your I can't thoughts believe he can that? cut that weight. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought because he's a pretty he he looks like a pretty decent sized bantamweight, and he's not the youngest guy. So part of me, I mean, and this is the part that it's like impossible. This is the part that it's like impossible to know is how a guy's weight cut is going because it's one of those things where if the weight cut goes great, then he he should murder this guy. But does the weight cut murder him? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just yeah yeah Tyson non well, minus one thirty Schnell plus one ten. The thoughts on that one? You got a pick for that one? I mean, I like Tyson Nam, but it is just like you're saying the question of like his advantage at 35 is also how fast his hands are. I don't know if that's necessarily an advantage if you cut 10 more pounds because everyone else at 125 is going to be very fast as well. But I'm uh, the most impressive guy. No, exactly. Um, so I, I, I think they totally in Tyson decent. Nam, I think. Yeah, they didn't. Because like, when I was researching this, I was like, I mean, if this is a good-ass flyweight, I'm going to pick the flyweight because he, the, like, he, the whole weight cut factor. But then I started looking into Schnell, not the most impressive flyweight. I think the UFC would like to see Nam win this because I think when guys drop away or go up away and then lose it just makes everybody involved look kind of like stupid and kind of wasted time so I think it's yeah. in the UFC's best interest if he does win this fight I think they kind of tossed him like a winnable fight I'm not gonna say they tossed him a tuna can but they tossed him a winnable fight just depending on how that weight cut goes because yeah now I was pretty shocked like I had to kind of double take when I was like oh they're fighting at 125 you're like wait what yeah yeah but I think what it is, because Nam, he has wins. Like, it's Nam beats the kind of easier guys and then loses to the top end. So I think Nam just saw a scenario where he's like, I'm never going to be a top end bantamweight. Let's just, like, let's kick the tires and see how I do against these flyweights, I think. Because, like, yeah. Nam, he can beat the – like, if, he, if Nam's just a gatekeeper, he can beat these young guys and these prospects and or maybe some older guys, but he – He can't beat that cream of the crop of the bantamweight, so we'll see what and happens. Who knows? He could make a run at 25. I think he could be a top five guy at 25 with the kind of power he has. Yeah, no, he, his striking is, is dangerous. It was dangerous at 35, mm -hmm. so like that's why I could easily see him maybe starching a, a 25 or just it, 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 as long as he doesn't kill himself in the process, you know. But, uh, but yeah, man, we'll, we'll keep it pushing, man. Um, because, man, UFC 257, man, this is, yeah, the, I mean, like, you know, this is the main the course. Those other ones are the appetizers and the desserts and the, you know, but this is the uh, UFC 257, which Dana's apparently saying is going to be impossible to stream. I think I might try to put it to the test. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm off work that night. I already got requested off for it and everything, so. 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Because <laughs> Dana's uh, talking big dick shit. Dana's like, I got something for you, fucking streamers. Like, everybody's like, fucking bring it, Dana, <laughs> <the> cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, all of us on the black market are ready. We're ready. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's really essentially, like, you know what I find? You know what I find most interesting about the the whole the whole Dana White saying he's got something for people that are streaming? What's that, bro? How are you gonna ever charge someone in court? If if so, like let's say we illegally stream something. Let's just say we did that. Hypothetically, let's just say we did that. So right, hypothetically, um, we're never given any warnings of any sort. Like, oh, this is a punishable offense. Blah blah blah. Like like before movies, we're never once told by the by the yeah right exactly. There's no piracy laws or anything that's like shown to me. So how could I ever be legally in trouble or responsible oh, no. if the, I'm never warned? The people that are, like, doing the streaming, like, the ones that, like, are broadcasting it out on these sites, they're the ones that could get in trouble. Correct. But those guys are so smart and, like, essentially hackers and shit that, like, good luck catching them. They, those guys know how to cover their tracks digitally and all that. But yeah, I, they're I, through, I, like, three or four VPNs. Yeah, no, exactly, bro, exactly. But uh, man, well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Dana, <laughs> you know, touche, man. The best man win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a fight to the death. Yeah, um, UFC 257, though, great way to great way to start off. The, you know, the pay per views for the for the year. You know what I mean? Um, the couple fights. We'll just work our way up, man. First off, as far as fights that got canceled, and it wasn't even due to COVID, so I can't even blame that. But I was looking forward to um, Mean Hakeem fighting Shane Burgos. That was supposed yeah, to be the Yeah, they're and still like, trying to get an opponent for Burgos. Thank God. Hopefully thank God, because I'd rather watch Burgos, because for those that watched our Prime Cuts Award, we gave Burgos Beefy Boy's own Chin of the Year Award. We're the only ones giving that one out. And uh, for his fight he against that thing. Yeah, yeah, his fight against Emmett was just insane, and uh, yeah. it was a fight of the year candidate. At least we did. I feel like we gave that fight more love than a lot of the other bigger shows did. We, we, we yeah, no one, it. not a lot of people gave it fight of the year contingency only because it wasn't like closely scored thanks to ten eight. But it's like, damn, that fight was amazing. It you was can't tell so me Josh good. Emmett didn't get close to getting finished at a few points in the early on. Yeah, no. So I was, I was just stoked to see. Uh, Hakeem Duodo, I was I was stoked to see that. Apparently, Hakeem hurt his shoulder, so he said it wasn't even COVID. Um, I was definitely going to take Burgos. That was going to be one of my picks, and I was doing a little <laughs> research, and I was like, oh, this fight's fucking yeah. canceled, so never mind. But, uh, man, what's your thoughts on this uh, Juliana Pena versus Sarah McCann fight? I just want to talk a, little, a few of the ladies. You know, we haven't spent too much time talking ladies this episode. Yeah, I honestly kind of like Juliana Pena in this fight. Me too. Me too. What are man. the odds on that one? The, that's actually, she's an underdog, a small one. So she's plus one hundred, and McCann's minus one twenty-five on William Hill. Okay, I knew but, they were uh, going to be close, but I just think she might be the more well-rounded girl overall. And McCann's forty, the big. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, I, I have not been impressed with McCann lately, and also, I think women would not fight as well late in their career as men. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, I just it, think that physical stature would decline for a woman before a man. We haven't seen it, right? We haven't seen the woman Tom Brady or the woman LeBron. Um, but so, and also just as far as like their past couple of fights, because Pena, she's only, she's lost to Jermaine Durandere and, and Valentino Shev, Valentina Shevchenko. So it's like, not going to knock her for that at all. Right. And, and, then, and like, she uh, won a round off of Shevchenko, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. That was uh, her most recent opponent. Yeah, uh, but 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 and then McCann. McCann's a grappler. 
She has a win over Landsberg, which, you know, that doesn't do much for me. And then her last loss was a triangle choke. And, like, you can't be known as a grappler and be getting triangle choked. So, yeah. and, and then, like, That's a good I, point. I was on Tapology, and it even shows, like, their last couple, like, grappling matches. And, like, apparently um, McCann's been doing a bunch of, like, gr- uh, grappling matches. And she's even, I think, lost a couple of those. So, it's just, like, you're a grappler who's been getting out grappled and, and you're 40. And Pena has been fighting literally the best in the world. Um, I, I, I lean Pena. Like, like that was – that's one of my favorite, like, picks. Like, we'll see if I have to eat shit on, on Beefy Boys. But that I mean, was, that's – I mean, plus 100, bet, bet to win your money. Like, you bet 85, you win 85. Like, and you get your 85 back. So, like. Yeah. No, I, I uh, that's one of my favorite, like, picks as far as, like, giving people a pick to maybe potentially make some money on. So, not my favorite fight as far as, like, fights I'm excited to watch. But when I was, like, looking at odds, I think that's a, I think that's a, a fight you can win some money on right there. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. And then, man, this is what I've been stoked to talk about with Joe as like, because we've been essentially like conjecture and what this happened and whispering and bro. The lightweight and, tournament. Yeah, man, our, our MMA math. We've been talking about this for months, and it's finally fucking taking place, man. Because uh, obviously on this card, you got um, McGregor Poirier, and then, which we've known about for a while. We've kind of, you know, hashed that up a little bit on the on Beefy Boys. But then, um, but man, I honestly don't think in all our time talking about this, we really thought that Chandler Hooker was going to be the, the fight that ended up manifesting. We thought it was going to be Dude, Ferguson or uh, Gagey even. That fight. And and honestly, now, the more I think about it, Chandler doesn't deserve one of those top flight guys yet. He should fight Hooker to prove he is a top flight guy. I do. I do. I um. I I like the way that this is working out. I I'm glad yeah. he didn't leapfrog any of these guys that have been putting in their dues. They they kind well, of started him as like the bottom of the tournament, like the. the I would just say as well that Dan Hooker earned his name in this in this little bracketing as well with his performance against Poirier. I mean, yeah. fight of the year for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, gave it fight of the year. Yeah, and, and we're talking about Poirier's fighting McGregor, who we all think is an obvious reasonable challenger for Khabib or whomever is going to get that 155 shot. So Hooker's right there. So I think that's perfect for Chandler to have to prove that he is that one step up. Because I think Hooker is that, like, half step on the ladder down from the rest of these guys. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. Um, I think – But Hooker is always coming up, too. I think Hooker presents a matchup problem. For Chandler, and I guess you could say the opposite, the, the the inverse of that, and say that Chandler presents a matchup problem for Hooker because they're opposite fighters. Uh, Hooker mm-hmm. is a violent striker with a gnarly chin that we saw in full display in the Portland great fight. knees up the middle too. Great oh, knees up the middle. So if you're a shorter knees, guy, kicks, yeah, a wrestler too. He's gonna be shooting in, uh, and then yeah. And then Chandler's only 5'8", and I think Hooker's like 6'1", or 6 foot. He's a right. tall guy. He's only 5'8", he's a wrestler. He's like, everybody knows he wants to take it to the ground. He may, but Chandler also kind of seems, strikes me as the kind of fighter maybe lets the ego, like, wants to strike a little bit with him, which I think would be I a think, mistake. I, yeah, and I think you're exactly right. I think the ego will make him strike with him at first. Mm-hmm. And and Dan Hooker, man, that's you a can't scary play dude. With that. And Eugene Behrman does not – he takes all the fights for his fighters. The fighters don't take the fights. So, like, Israel Adesanya doesn't make his fights. Like, Eugene Behrman, their coach, does for them. So, like, they never take fights. They don't think that they have a shot in winning. 
Well, did and, and let me have you. Do you know the odds on this one yet? Have you looked? I do not know. Dude, they're interesting as fuck. So, um, Hooker's the minus one fifty favorite. Chandler's getting plus one twenty. Oh, I'm, I'm riding Chandler all day at plus one twenty. At plus one twenty, that makes I'm, this so I'm, interesting. Doesn't I might go put a ticket in today. <laughs> really, you're feeling that's strong. crazy. Because yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, at plus one twenty, this. I mean, this should be a minus one hundred five, minus one fifteen kind of a fight. Like you shouldn't be able to win more money than you bet. I think that's going to get bet down. So yeah, everybody, if you're a betting man watching this, you may be going to get while they're getting good. Uh, what you know, getting that number on Chandler because I thought the same thing. Like in my head, like thinking about what'll take place in the octagon. I was like talking myself into like you know oh I like Hooker I like Hooker and then you see that number and you're like man my the better the scum like wait hold on yeah (laughs) yeah you're telling me that if I bet a hundred on on Hooker I only win back sixty seven dollars like. No, I'm good. I'll bet the hundred on Chandler and win the one twenty. Like just, that's crazy. That's a crazy difference. You're almost getting spotted for the fact that it's his first fight in the promotion. Like they're definitely counting right. that against him. Like a hundred, a hundred percent. What platform are y'all using to place bets? Um, uh, so, so mybookie.ag. You go to. He actually goes to Caesar's. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in Tahoe. Sportsbook in Tahoe. Yeah, so I'm. So in he Tahoe. actually so goes to a real casino sportsbook. Yeah, like Hard Rock Casino, like two, three miles away, as they have a William Hill Sportsbook. Uh, but yeah, there's there's other websites you can use a VPN on and stuff. Uh, I would say uh, Bovada's not bad. And then I do have a couple people uh, that have hit me up on IG that I can send to you, Matt, uh, just as far as like they run sites and stuff. So I can get you a couple couple sites yeah. hit, hitting your DMs. And a huge shout out to our, our boy, our you know, former teammate, Matt Jackson. He bought some merch yes, recently. Sir. And I, I, hope, I hope that hey, made it appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate your support, brother, for real. And thanks for watching. Um, but, yeah, um, so then Hooker, like I said, I like Hooker X's and O's wise. I really do. Now, obviously, if the fight – if Chandler's able to hold him down, I mean, all that goes out the window. Chandler's an elite wrestler. Uh, but, God damn, Hooker's so violent. And I think if Chandler he's tries tough. to – He's tough as nails the chin. And um, Always, always, yeah, brother. Definitely, man. Um, all love, all love. And uh, – Man, so it, it's it's the classic. And then also, I'll be real. I knew Chandler was this hot shot coming over from Bellator. I assumed he just had like a 9,000-fight win streak. He was only on a two-fight win streak coming into this. He had a loss in 2019 to Patricio Pitbull. Um, uh, have you seen that loss, though? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, no, tell, it, so, so he gets leg kicked, and it shuts down the nerve in his, in his foot, and he can't stand. He got cheated. And he's still – yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and then came back and beat him after that. So, I mean, yeah, just literally got a nerve in his in his leg shut down in that fight and couldn't like literally stand on his foot. All right, so. that's fair. That's fair. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because the the paper doesn't always tell the full story for sure. For sure, I just uh, you know, Chandler. It, it, there's a lot of unknowns, which is why I think Vegas is kind of not giving him the juice real quick. The or, or I don't know. I don't know. I just. I, I was shocked when I saw that number. It almost makes me wonder if they like they know something. I don't know, but uh, when you think about or that, something, this part, or, or we know something they don't know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that. Uh, but because uh, I mean, you just think that he was the alternate in the Khabib Gagey fight. So like, that's yeah, right. Dana White I mean. by putting him in that fight, like whether he want and, and Chell Sonnen talks about this a lot on his podcast, like whether he wants to admit it or not. He already like said he was title shot worthy by making him the mm-hmm. substitute. Like like that's, that's you, what that you want to call that, that implied or that but that's 
That's what that says. Like you were, uh, you know, a fucking sprained ankle away from putting him in a title fight. You know what I'm saying? He, mm-hmm. he made the weight cut. He was there. And, and I think a lot of that was a publicity stunt to kind of show off the shiny new toy on, on the pay-per-view. Uh, but I I do, I'm saying to, to say he was a nut hair away from a title shot and then, and then to say he's a he's an underdog against the fifth rank lightweight. I do love that number though from that pure like betting math perspective. Yeah, I, w- I would just say to be able to be a title shot replacement guy and then not be the favorite against the number five guy that doesn't mathematically make sense as far as like what I think Vegas would consider or what the UFC is considering. Like like one of those sides is right and one of them is wrong. Well, the UFC is not going to put a guy into a fight that's a title fight against. Habib, where they're trying to like sell pay per views, if it's just going to be a walk through fight. I mean, granted, Gaethje didn't present the most challenges, but no one really does, so they're not just going to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think like, that it doesn't was make more any for sense Khabib's that... toe. I don't think that they really wanted Chandler in there against Khabib. I think they wouldn't have minded Chandler in there against Gaethje. Just my kind of two cents. And Khabib did have that sketchy toe going into that. I think he like always has yeah. a sketchy toe. He has like a fucked up toe. So that's like at yeah. any given moment. That could be a, a card blowing up disaster, that toe. So I think that was more of their thinking. Like I really don't think that they thought he would like present Khabib problems. But I just well, – I, I have this thing, man, and maybe this, that's why I don't think I'm going to bet this fight because I just – Betting against a guy like Dan Hooker just would not make. It doesn't feel, feel good. Like cozy. doesn't feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. He's those such are the bets you have to take. Those oh, are the bets you have oh, to take. Man. The ones that make you feel the most sick to your stomach are the ones you have to take. I feel you. I because the, the minute you think you haven't figured out, you don't. I feel you. I just. Betting again, that's a bad motherfucker to bet against. And I know Chandler. <laughs> Chandler, you know he's got yeah. that wrestling and the pedigree, and he's a champ and. And, and all that, but Dan Hooker has that chin and those fucking gorilla-sized nuts that he, <laughs> he hauls him around in a wheelbarrow. In a wheelbarrow, like, yeah. And, Dan and, Hooker's and, awesome. He's awesome. He's got that city kickboxing coaching. You know what I'm Eugene saying? Eugene uh, like, like, But I, I love Chandler as a dude, too. Like I've, I've talked about that on my other podcast. He's a really cool him. guy. He's, he's a really he's, cool guy. He's a hard guy to root against, too. Now it's you wouldn't know that by his interviews because I swear to God I had so super sick. cocky. I'm so he acts sick like he's of, already the champion at 155 and he hasn't even fought yet. He's gone on every podcast and said he matches up good with everybody that's ever put on a <laughs> pair of gloves. Like seriously, like oh yeah, I have a great matchup for Francis and Gano. Like, like no, I, he obviously didn't say that. But like seriously, he goes on every podcast and just says he matches up good against everybody conceivable. And it, it's like sometimes like I would just like to hear him say like. Oh, we're about to find out, or, or you know, like, or you know, just I, I'm good. He's good. You know, we're all good. Like, I don't know. I just the way no, he goes about it is just like, oh yeah, I'm a great matchup. Like you can't, and he says the same thing. For, like, you can't be a great matchup for everybody. Like, you can say like I'll someone has him. to be a bad matchup for you, Michael Chandler. Like, yeah, what, at what point do you have a bad matchup? Exactly. But he's also so confident in himself. I don't think he sees bad matchups. Yeah, and I don't think he's, like, lying. I think uh, it's not false confidence. I think he really thinks that. But as far as me watching podcasts, <laughs> like, I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah, it's kind of cringy to have to watch. I definitely agree with that. No doubt. But, man, but, so. So we keep calling it the lightweight tournament. Reason being, like, if you want to introduce the main event, because that's the, that's the co-main. Like, that easily could be the, the main event. Yeah, but, I'm so stoked they added that to this card. Like, this that juiced up this card a lot because – 
It's what I this mean, card I, needed. Yeah, this card, I mean, the prelim, I mean, there's going to be good fights. Like, anytime you try to doubt a prelim, it's going to give you bangers. So I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth there. But as far as, like, name power, as far as the prelims, I was like, oh, I'm not really – like, I don't know, this Khabib's brother and stuff. But I don't know. But they needed this other big fight, and they got it, and I'm super happy about it. But, yeah, it, it, essentially what's even cooler, I love when they put two weight classes – on the same card, like when they put Moreno and, and Figueroa on the same card so that the yeah. winners, it matched up perfectly. And I think that's the same type of situation we have here. Um, or they're setting up for something like that, depending on how it goes, of course. But Because uh, we got McCon the Conor McGregor, who just got a shiny new diamond watch where when you push a button, people start fucking. I sent it to Harrison. It's on yeah. his Instagram. It's on his Insta right now. He has multiple watches. Have you seen yeah. them all? It's yeah. like a set. Yeah, but what I was I was more paying attention to the fucking one. It's insane. Like the watch. Dude, the birds fucking. start pecking at the top. That was tight. That was such a tight watch. Dumb Matt, Connor McGregor, um, minus three hundred favorite is what he's it's it's up to. Minus three hundred favorite versus I mean Dustin the Diamond I, Poirier. It was a plus two thirty underdog, and I mean, I the thing is, I agree with it. I think Conor McGregor is going to win this fight, but I may have a different reason than some other people do, or maybe it's the exact same reason. But I'm just saying, minus three hundred against a, a, a savage like Poirier, that's a big number. But but I mean, it's a Conor, big it, number. It, it, it's a big number. Like it's, but they know it's it's just like the opposite of how. Um, Chandler being new to the promotion is, is like blatantly affecting his number. Like the fact his name and they know that like every frat boy in America is gonna go bet on Conor McGregor is, is juicing that number for sure. Like does it show you what the opening line was on that? Because I wanna say he opened at like two fifty or two forty. Like Yeah, I think it was as around three hundred. No, it's which, been it's been bet up to three hundred. And obviously, there's so many fanboys out there like, oh, I'm going to go put 100 on Connor just because it's Connor. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But that's going to shift that line. You know? It is. It's, mm -hmm. it, you're not going to get a great value bet in this fight. Unless unless you like Poirier and get all the fucking value you want. Right. Well, if, if you like Poirier, wait until tomorrow, essentially, to bet him and then bet him right after weigh-ins. Because then if there's any sharp money that would come in on Poirier, that would work against you. So you might want to get it before that. But if sharp money comes in on Connor, yeah, you know. I don't know. This fight's interesting to me I, as far I, as who I think even just wins it. So, so check, hear me out real quick. Hear me out. So, Poirier, I don't know if you saw, he went on Theo Vaughn's podcast. It was dope. It did yeah, like a waiver. It was, was fire. Uh, but what I don't like about uh, Poirier's, like, approach to this fight, and I get it. He's a dog. He's not scared of anybody. His whole strategy is to let Connor touch his chin. And I think that may go down as a terrible check the box for terrible strategy. And you heard him talk, <laughs> he, he's like, oh, I want to be us to both be bloody. And he was kind of describing the Nate Diaz fight, except for but, this fight is taking place at 155. And I just think like Poirier, and I get it, it sounds good on the podcast, and maybe that's not his true X's and O's strategy, and maybe you're just saying that. But if that really is his approach to this fight, then I'd like Connor at minus a thousand because if his plan <laughs> is to just like blatantly like exchange with Connor and like you don't let, you don't trade with Connor McGregor. It's the no, one guy fifty five you do math, not trade with. That math doesn't work out. One for one, you lost because Connor's one is harder than your one. And, and, his left and, hand is legit a piston. Yeah, man. And, and so like when I so me my it has nothing to do with about like who they fought or who's peaking or 
or they, or even I'm not even really factoring the rematch factor that much. Like just me, because it, it, it's not the only times that he said that. Poirier, I think he's had an interview with Ariel where he said something similar. Like he's been going around all these media days and all that stuff. Go, I want a war. I want us to both be bloody. I want to see who, you know, reach down who has more heart. Well, it's like, dude, Connor can turn your fucking lights off to where heart. Nobody's questioning your heart, like Dustin, like nobody. Like that, we all love you. We all love watching you fight. We all love you watching you on podcast. You know, apparently you have a good hot sauce. But what I'm saying is <laughs> if Connor can remove the heart, like good dude, badass fighter, like, he can just end the conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just think his approach of going into this fight with just like what sounds like letting Connor touch his chin and trading with him, like, like as as much as I just rode Dan Hooker's like dick for striking, like, like Connor has that that light shut that that light switch shut off that that you know even Dan doesn't have. Yeah, but what if Poirier is on his on his uh, his. Uh... Oh, man, I, oh, I just can't remember this coach's name ever. He used to coach at uh, Texas Tech in Washington State. Mike uh, Leach? Mike right? Leach, Mike yeah, Leach. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's on the Mike Leach approach where he's dropping a false game plan on the in the Texas end zone. I, I honestly hope so. Like, that, that's what I thought in my head whenever I, I – like, I was like, man, I hope this is like a fucking Bill Belichick-like press conference right now where he's just like misinformation or, oh, I don't know if this guy's playing or not. Like, I, I don't know. I hope that's what it is, because if that's, like, legit his strategy, then I, he's going to lose for sure. Like, his strategy needs to be to get Connor on his back, 100%. Well, I, I think what Poirier wants is to try and talk Connor into leading the striking exchanges so that he can try and counter off Connor's punches. Because Poirier is a really dangerous counter-striker, and in their first fight, he wasn't the same as he is now. Like, obviously, they, when they first fought, it was at 45. They are both cutting a lot more weight. Yeah. They are both dead making that weight cut. Yeah. So I think for Poirier, he was a guy that would turn his head away and really shy away from big action being in the pocket. Like he wanted to strike outside the pocket, right? So what you've seen change is like when he fought Holloway and when he fought uh, uh, Hooker, he's he's comfortable in the pocket. Like he's sitting there waiting to exchange and then essentially answering him back after eating a few shots. So he wants to counter strike, but it's almost like you don't counter a counter striker. Uh, I think this fight goes a long way, and it's not a ton of damage unless Connor takes off on him. Yeah, and then Connor's been coming out and saying, as if we're talking like media and press conferences, Connor's been coming out and saying that he's going to starch Dustin within sixty seconds, and and so like, unless that's like, I I think Connor's legit going to I like I believe Connor's kind of more than I believe Dustin's. Like I think Connor is going to come out trying to trying to sleep him because that's but not because it's Dustin just because that's essentially what Connor does in every fight, right? Like like Connor's not usually like a oh I'm going to save my gas for the fifth round type of fighter, which maybe he should because his gas tank's been one of his only weaknesses. But he he comes out. I mean, if if precedent and history lets us know anything, Connor's going to come out and try to end the fight. Uh, and then like I, I said, for a guy like Dustin to say like, "Oh, like I, I want us to trade this," it's like I don't. I think that kind of plays into what Connor's trying to do. I always like when Connor's a little less verbose and a little less flashy on social media leading up to a fight as well, because it gives me the notion that he's in that in the gym putting in the work, so he doesn't have time to be doing these paid promotions. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and Connor, I mean, Connor's definitely been grinding. He's everybody in their dog says he's super focused right now. I mean, he's been essentially, I follow him on, when everybody follows him on social, he's been, you know, posting more videos of his kids and wife than he has clubs and yachts and shit. So I think that's Which a, is great. Yeah, that's it's a like great, return to values. No, totally, totally. I think that, I think, you know, we all lose our way from time to time. I think he's kind of on the straight and narrow right now. I think he's, you know, I think he's, I think he's all in. I think he, I mean, he looks great. I think, um, just, his body's just thicker, you know. He's got that dad bod, but not, not yeah, he, that way. You know what I'm saying? He just looks. He's, he, he looks, looks like well built, like thick. It, like thick is the best word, but in the best possible definitions of that like he, word. He, he honestly looks like just as like buff as he looked at 170. It's just like he looks like he's in right. better shape. Like he looks like his bicep probably measures the same as when he was at 170. And like. Uh, is that like one? he's he's impressively built. That McGregor fast program must be pretty real because he's been on it now for a couple of years, and like you're starting to see like those like long long term results. Yeah, no, he looks great. Yeah, no, I I love McGregor. I think I think McGregor's like I, I don't know. It, I think it's a good one to put into a parlay. As far as betting this fight straight up, we already explained that you're not getting a great number because everybody and their dog is going to go want to put a hundred on Connor just to just two like you know what i'm saying like guys mm -hmm. with the level of connor's fame the mayweathers the mcgregors like guys like this like they're gonna get bets put on them just because it's like oh i know this guy that guy that usually just plays the slot machines like oh fuck it i'll put a hundred on mcgregor you know what i'm saying just it brings in those people that wouldn't ordinarily be placing bets and it does skew the oh number. for sure so yeah, star power is a real thing so definitely like i said i wouldn't necessarily be interested in betting this fight straight up unless you like four yeah then i don't know you know good luck you know god bless you but uh i you know connor at minus 300 you know decent parlay builder especially like i said um i don't know if you threw Pena in that parlay as well and I don't know. There's some other maybe maybe Khabib's brother in the parlay. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty solid little parlay right there. Interesting options. Funny yeah. to put a funny to put a Nurmagomedov with a McGregor in a parlay. Right, right, no doubt. Um, and man, so let me ask you this, and I guess it, because we've had this conversation a lot, but it's like actually playing out now. As far as our little 155 tournament, so we we both is, so. So not betting wise, do you think Chandler wins the fight? Like I know you like the number, but do you think he like straight up like like? I do, I do think Chandler wins the fight. So, I do. So, so I think it, I think it is razor thin, and Dan Hooker once again proves that he is in like he belongs in that top five. But I think Chandler wins. I think so. Then you do Chandler Gagey after that. It either have to be mm. Gagey or Ferguson, right? Because I mean, it's not like, Ferguson. Because I think Ferguson gets a loser of one of these fights. Okay. Oh, Ferguson so, Hooker. Ferguson yeah. Hooker is what I want. It's what yeah, I want. Uh, um, so I think Oliveira gets the winner of Poirier McGregor. Yes. Yes. That and then we 100% agree on. And then I think that leaves Gaethje to get the winner of Chandler Hooker, which yeah. the UFC hopes that Chandler. Uh, wins, I assume, so that yeah. Chandler then fights Gaethje because that's a fight that they've been wanting to make anyway. Yeah, that they want McGregor to win so that McGregor can then fight Oliveira or potentially leapfrog all that and get straight to Khabib. I mean, a Connor win gets him further than anyone else can possibly get. I think – I see – I don't know, man. And, and I've always thought that Khabib was going to stay retired more so than you. I Also, I think Oliveira gets starched by Connor if they fight. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it stays on the feet, that's like the classic. Like that's almost like the 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 Chandler Hooker fight, if you think. You know what I'm saying? As far as like where it ends up, kind of yeah. determines the outcome of it, um, in my opinion. But uh, they, yeah, man, that's so because Khabib. The thing is, I think that Khabib doesn't want to fight Conor. I mean, he's openly said it, and I think I mean he's proven himself to be an honest guy. Like the 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 money, he's already like the money fight of a McGregor. He just doesn't like McGregor, like how he carries himself as a man and shit. And so McGregor, I think, said, said that shit about his wife. So Khabib openly says that he doesn't want to fight McGregor again. And, and Khabib's essentially beating these other guys with the exception of Chandler. And I just – so it's one of those things where he doesn't want to fight Connor, but Connor may end up being proven himself the most worthy of the fight when it's all, when all the right. dust settles. And I think that could just like lead to Khabib staying retired. I be, like I don't know. Like I think that if if the, I, uh, it's so frustrating because Khabib's also said that none of these other guys interest him. Like just that's one of the main factors of him re retiring. I know he said his mom and shit, but he he's he, since then he's been mainly talking about how he's beat them all. They don't really do much for him. It doesn't excite yeah, him. Yeah, he's like, not excited. There's no reason for him to do it. And, and and then so like the only new blood in all this that could really what really what changed his mind would be if if Chandler just hypothetically just absolutely like starches like makes Hooker not even look like he needs to be in the same cage with him does the same thing to Gagey just like beats Gagey like worse or just as bad as Khabib did then I mean the argument could be made that's something fresh that could maybe excite Khabib. But Khabib, like, like I said, I have no reason not to take Khabib at his word. And I know Dana's having this meeting with him in Abu Dhabi and going to try to, you know, pull all the car salesman tricks. But I just think <laughs> with a guy like Khabib, like it's he, he's openly said it's not going to be money that gets him back. He doesn't – it's not going to be the Connor rematch that gets him back. And none of these other guys excite him. So, I mean, I just, like I said, the only kind of variable that Khabib hasn't factored in, like I said, is if, if Chandler looks like a world beater and just, I don't know. What do you think about that little theory? I mean, that's that's pretty true, I think. So that was the other side of the coin is that Khabib stays retired. Well, then I think that if that is the case, that you have to make McGregor Oliveira for the title. Yeah. Yeah, that would be – that would be fun. Or, or Poirier Oliveira. I don't want to. I don't want to just assume, but the way I see it playing out, McGregor yeah. Oliveira. Yeah, because because Oliveira's grappling just throws in that X factor to where he won't be favored really in any of those major fights, but he easily like I, he can finish all of those guys. Like probably like I don't know, the the weird kind of like video game simulator in my head kind of like want like. It's not the fight the fans want to see, but the weird like matchup in my head, the Oliveira Khabib like grappling matchup. Like I guess I don't think I Oliveira, do want to see that one. Yeah, like I don't think he does. Like I don't think he out wrestles him. But or does it turn into a slugfest with the two grapplers? Like then that gets interesting. And I think Khabib has the, the hands advantage. Like I said, I think Khabib wins. But just my personal like matchups, I think would be the most fun. I think I think the the Oliveira Khabib matchup's a lot of fun, but I understand that's probably like the least marketable out of all the fights. Now, what's better here? So, if Hooker and Poirier are both the losers, is Hooker Ferguson better or is Poirier Hooker two better? My vote, because you know how I feel about that first. <laughs> my vote goes for Poirier, Poirier Hooker two. 
Me too. That's, yeah. I would rather see that. But I think Hooker has to be involved. It can't be Poirier Ferguson. That's not a fight I want to see. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you, especially guys both coming off so many losses uh, are, are just, I guess, the one for, for Poirier. But, uh, man, I – and then – the Gagey really is this seems like the odd man out. Like I know we said maybe he fights the the winner of Chandler Hooker, but is, I mean Gagey Oliveira. I kind of like that matchup too. I'm surprised they haven't gone for Gagey Oliveira already. But I think they're trying to hold Oliveira out for they want to get McGregor to fight Oliveira to sell the pay per views in case Oliveira beats him because then you build the star out of Connor Star. Yeah, it it it. If Oliveira beats Gagey, it just kind of diminishes Gagey. With instead of building Oliveira, I feel you. That's kind of a, a lose lose play for the UFC. And then, and then if Gagey, then if Gagey, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a lose lose because then if Gagey beats Oliveira, he doesn't really climb in ranking. He just kind of it's kind of just solidifies. It just him gets him the like ticket to McGregor essentially. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, this is all Connor's world again. It's so sick. It's Which gross. Is fun. I hate it. <laughs> it's fun though. It's fun. it's fun. Like when it when you live in that notorious life, it's it's a little more fun. No, it is fun. Like, like it's like whenever LeBron reti- retires, like the the NBA is going to be missing something. Like there is other yeah. plenty of other stars, and there's young stars. There always will be the next guy. But just like after Jordan, there was a little lull, and, and, yeah. and then. Until Kobe kind of came of age, and and it's just like McGregor is that of the UFC. Like, and, and and I'm not saying he's the starter or the founder, or there wasn't famous UFC fighters before McGregor. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he's as, the biggest star of all time in the of UFC. all time. Yeah, and I know. I yes, I remember Ronda Rousey. And no, I'm not discounting John Jones, but sometimes there's just this it factor and like the. The, the resonates with the public and the brand building and just, I mean, there's a million little variants. I mean, but when every once in a while a guy kind of comes along that just checks all those boxes and, and, and that, that guy's been Connor and Connor's probably gotten the UFC into more households and made more new UFC fans than most of these other fighters too. And, and, and yeah, I just like, like how people say, like the NBA is better when the Lakers are good, or the Celtics are good, or like baseball is better when the Yankees are good. Like just those the MMA is, or UFC, the the UFC, in my opinion, is at its best and, and like looks its best on the big stage whenever McGregor is, is right there in the mix of it all. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, he checks all the boxes, but he's one of those like generational guys where he kind of added boxes to be checked for other guys past him. Oh, like yeah. it's like Will Chamberlain with the three second rule. Like, like when you're such a big star that they kind of change the way the sport works around you, it, it, it changes everything. So same for Connor. Like he was the first two belt champion. Now you see four or five of them in UFC history, but he was the first. No, and, so, and, and sorry, we've been getting uh, Max, homie Max commenting a couple of Jake Paul questions. I, so I think McGregor actually released himself that he's actually going to box Pacquiao next. So do I think he's going to shelve a Pacquiao match for a Paul brother match? Hell no. And then Chell Sonnen was even saying the other day on his podcast, this is kind of a spicy take, but I love it. That's why I love watching this podcast. Um, but uh, Chell was saying that if McGregor beats Pacquiao, then McGregor's next fight could be for a WBC boxing belt. And he could it be a – It could be, but – he is going to get worked by Manny Pacquiao. 
Dude, Manny Pacquiao just beat Keith Thurman. And Keith Thurman was up to fight Errol Spence, like, recently. Yeah. Like, no, Pacquiao still got a, it. That is a dark road for Conor to go down if he wants to start getting into boxing at that level. But, but I'm like, just saying Errol Spence will like, put the work on him. I, I can't – I can't – I can't – um like answer the the Paul brother questions without without bringing up that he has like actual like boxing opponents that he's already released that like I said it, for from all intents and purposes and I stay try to stay pretty plugged into this type of shit everything I'm reading is saying that McGregor and uh, Pacquiao is like are happening like happening in 2021 like for sure so oh, like, I, I've read I've read that on multiple places McGregor has said that i think even pacquiao's people have confirmed it if i'm not mistaken so so no i think i think Dude, that's that crazy the paul brothers were shooting for the stars they shot their shot you know it's like you slide in the hot girl's dms and she happens to hit you back up like like uh he 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 tried and, and kudos to him for trying and, and you know it would have been huge for paul but that's one of the situations where mcgregor has absolutely nothing to gain and of course, other than Paul, money, but he's he's McGregor's more of a reputation fighter. Like he likes to be the guy to do something first, or to be the guy that yeah. that like becomes but, a legend. You don't become a legend by fighting for just the money. I mean, I guess Mayweather is, but he's but he also beat like legit like Manuel Marquez. Like you know, Pacquiao, he has legitimate. Yeah, everybody, fifty, yeah. fifty. Of them. Well, and like the only thing that the Paul brothers have to offer is clout. And you think right. Conor McGregor needs clout from a YouTuber? Like, Conor McGregor is clout. Like, Conor McGregor... Like All right, here's a good question for, for a Drapel talk. Who's a bigger star, Jake Paul or Conor McGregor? I'm going to say Conor McGregor, but I'm also I mean, not a 12-year-old girl. Like, I bet if you polled, like, a middle fair. school or a high school or even maybe but a like, college campus, like, you may have a different answer. But me just being, like, balls deep in the sports world, like... Like that's, the, you know what I mean. I, I'm gonna say McGregor. And, I just feel like if I went to 50 random people in a city, just it, say Norman, and yeah. I said, "Do you know who Jake Paul is? Do you know who Conor McGregor is?" I think I'm getting a ton of people that know who Conor McGregor is, and not as many that are immediately like Jake Paul. Like, is that a reverend? Is that a pope? Like, I, I think you have to. I think it would all have to do with the demographics, though. Like, if you're talking, like, like. Like, it depends. Like, 18 and up, I think you're right. But, like, if you're including, like, middle and high school kids in that poll, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I think. But, like, who's going to buy that, that pay-per-view? Is it the high school kids or is oh, it going to no. be the 18 and up? 100% is going to be the 18 and up. So, yeah. So like, so, like, McGregor's the A-side, so I don't think he gains anything. Like, at least Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather's the A-side. Like Pacquiao McGregor, they're kind of both A side in that because Pacquiao's star is so big in boxing yeah. as well. And he's saying that the, the Paul's fighting Mayweather. Yeah, but Mayweather's like sold his soul so long ago that like May Mayweather would fight like a retarded donkey for fifty million dollars at this point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know. Like May Mayweather has. There's only one box to check, and it's the money box, and, and, and that's cool. That's well, why. and the wins. He 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 won't take a fight he can lose anymore. Exactly, which is so. If you want to pay me fifty million dollars to win, sure, and then I'll go back to like running my brothel in Las Vegas, like a, uh, but uh, like uh, <laughs> but but yeah, man, like uh, I I don't know, like I just I, I, Mayweather, like I said, Mayweather would would do anything for money. Essentially, he's like that's his brand, like that's. 
and it's I guess kind of like I don't like it, so I'm kind of talking down on it. But if you're Mayweather and your whole brand is money Mayweather, then nobody the can talk team. down on you for taking a fight purely for money because that's why they like you to begin with is the money. So it's like it, it, he's just framed his career in a different lens than Connor and Connor and Mayweather's like kind of what would you say like semi-retired? Like he only kind of comes out. He only he, fights for fifty million plus and or a fight he absolutely knows he can win. Yeah, and so it's not like he's, like, really actively on the circuit. It's still Connor's, like, actively chasing a lightweight UFC belt. And, and, and he's uh, uh, by all accordingly, I'm not saying this is my opinion or I think it's a good idea. I'm just saying by all sources I'm seeing, he's chasing a WBC belt as well. So, like, I just – I don't think he would, like, you know, take time out of that to fight a YouTuber. And, and I know they're saying, like, oh, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm a real boxer. And it's like, cool, bro. Um uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's like, well, well, and I know he says, I'm not a YouTuber, I'm a real boxer. Hey, man, you have two professional fights. Like, I need to see you get to like 12 professional fights before I say you're a real professional yeah, boxer. And, and there's Mexican restaurants in like Noble, Oklahoma that claim to be real Mexican food, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I Bingo. don't know. Like, yeah, I don't. Like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, some things just aren't as authentic as they seem. Yeah, yeah, man. And so it's like, man, I'm. And maybe I'm the wrong podcaster to ask about the whole Paul Brothers situation because, like, I'm so far out on all that shit. And, like, I've spent the past year, essentially, more than just a year, but especially this past year since we did Beefy Boys, just falling in love even more so with combat sports and just, like, everything about combat sports. I love it. I respect it. It's, it's, it's like this really just one of the last few, like, sacred things left, I feel like. And then here come the fucking J the Paul brothers to just boo cocky all over it. Like I just, it's not, I just don't feel like it's something that should be like made a mockery of. And like, you know, I just don't like what it's doing and you can make the argument, Oh, it's bringing new fans, but it's like, if they're fans of that and that's not the real thing, then are you making new fans? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, like I would argue how sad is boxing that it's dominated by, waiting 18 months to see the matchups you want at the actual top of the food chain for real boxers, or it's just the actual fights that sell pay-per-views that are just garbage fights. There's no, like, there's no coverage in between. You got to get 20 wins before you can even be considered for like a real WBC title run, which then is another 10 wins. Dude, boxing is trash. Like it's eating itself alive. It's just a yeah. trash sport at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I, but even that being said, like, give me some some real boxers, man. The Garcias, the Spences, the 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 real, you know, uh, the Javante Davis, Teofimo Lopez. Yes, yes. These like, there's there's real boxers out there, and I don't even follow boxing that closely. And like, there's, I'm just saying, man. Like, like when we start, like the when Jake Paul brothers fight, like, you know who else sells a lot of tickets and has been a staple and consider themselves real athletes. The Harlem Globetrotters, you know, they're undefeated, yep. you know, 1,000 and 0 or whatever. It's just, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I mean? It's like, do I want to see them play the Milwaukee Bucks? Or, or, like, no, it's just not the real – it's just not the real thing. Or like the and one mixtape guys, like, like are you right, a, like are Hot you a Sauce fan the of, Professor. Yeah, like are you a basketball fan or is that like kind of something different, like its own little category? Like you can't – like you know what I, I you know what I'm saying? It's it, – it, it, and there's always going to be, you know, make your money, whatever. Like, am I, am I, am I hating on it? No, but just like, do I want to be a consumer of that product? Also, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, yeah. Like, I have like, I'm just not the target audience, and and, and you know, I just like I said, it, it, especially like I said, if you want to 
we're, and, and, and other podcasters have said this too, and I, I just echoing their sentiments. But like when he was fighting other YouTubers, the KSI or even the Nate Robinson, he was fighting the basketball player. All good. I was actually all for it. I think that shit is dope. Like it just like makes yeah, it I such... love that. The celebrity Man. fights are are great. Dope. It's like celebrity that. death match, <laughs> like real shit. But the minute where you try to blur those lines and cross pollinate and like, oh no, I'm a real fighter and I'm. And, and then, like, and then he's doing little slick shit, too, that, like, people that know fighting, like, it's obvious as fuck. He's, like, like he wants to box Ben Askren and Dylan Danis, like, guys who are only grapplers. So it's, who like. Who can't throw hands for shit. can't throw hands shit. for shit. That's, like, saying, like, that's, like, ch- challenging fucking Bobon's, like, eight-foot-tall ass to a three-point shooting contest and be, like, oh. I can beat an NBA player in a three-point shooting contest. Like, dude, he doesn't shoot threes. Like, like, like yeah, like that was – yeah. The NBA doesn't ask him to shoot threes because of his personal design. Or, like, like some six-eight street baller, like, challenging Steph Curry to a dunk contest and, like, winning and being like – like, that, like that's not what – but Steph Curry's obviously the better basketball player. So you right, yeah. Dick. It wasn't an evaluation of the overall sport. It was just, like, your specific skills in that specific sect. Yeah, man, or like challenging a long, like a like a long driving golfer to a putting contest, or just you can't challenge somebody to what they're the best at. But then out of the other side of your mouth, be like, "Oh yeah, I just beat a pro golfer. Or, I just beat Steph Curry." And like, and you're literally challenging them to their worst thing. It's just to me, it's a weak like kind of trying to have your cake and eat it too. Like, oh, I beat real professional fighters at something that they don't do. Like, I just that's weak to me. Yeah, I would say that the Paul brothers are do everything just for like be able to sell it on Snapchat, TikTok, all the all the bullshit. And it fucking it. works because here we are talking about it on my podcast, But yeah, needless to say, that there's so many good fights to uh, get into. Let's just talk real briefly about some of those real big ones that you have written down, covered up. We got the, yeah. the Hamza fight. We got the um, the Burns Usman fight. And, and I don't know if there's anything else that's officially been announced. Oh, yeah. So, 58, 258, February 13th is uh, Burns Usman, like you said. Gilbert Burns, Kamaru Usman. Uh, that's going to be a great fight. Hopefully, no foot stomps. I'm praying to God for not a lot of foot stomps. I'll say over. Okay, let me ask you real fast about just 258. Over, under 10 foot stomps in that fight. I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say under because Masvidal doesn't have the grappling to, like, stop that. And, but but Burns, Burns 100% does. does. That's what, like, to me, is that's so exciting about that fight. And I know they're not like, but they remind me a lot of each other. Like, the skill sets. Like, yeah. They're, they're, it's Very not similar. like this conflicting style fight like 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 Hooker Chandler. It's almost like two. Like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're very similar. And, and kind of concerned with a guy like Usman is kind of known for boring fights and, like, having a mirror. But I just don't think Burns is going to allow that. Like, I think. Burns is a hungry young lion who I think is going to try to fight his fight. Now, if he gets in there and he's starstruck and the moment's too big and it ends up being, you know, Usman's fight, then, you know, hey, yeah, you know I, I can easily see that happening. But I just think Burns is, is a savage. He's on the – you know, he's been waiting a, a long time for this title shot. And yeah. he does, he's, he's the clear-cut deserving, you know, contender that, that earns it. Because um, a lot of these times when the guy gets a title shot, it's kind of some controversy of like, oh – did he leapfrog this guy or like like when Moreno got hosed or you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but this fight, everybody acknowledges like this is the fucking fight. And and, yep. that, and that's what you're talking about. Boxing's whack because they don't make the fight happen. 
UFC once again making the fight happen, and I love it. Always. Yep. That's always what they do. Speaking of which, um, three weeks after that, on March 6th, UFC 259 happens, which we have uh, Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz. We have Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. And we have Aljamain Sterling versus uh, Piotr Jan. A, tri- yeah. a triple title fight night. Yeah, triple title fight night. That, oh, that, that's always fun. Um, I, the, the Izzy Jan thing is so fun. The 185 champ so going much up fun. to fight the 205 champ. I mean, just so much fun. Like, that's like some video game shit. That's like some barbershop, like, you know, stoner, like, UFC fan kind of fan fiction playing out before our eyes. It just, you got to love it. Um, the the Jan Sterling fight I've been fucking like yeah, clamoring been, for uh, for like it feels I like a so calendar bad. year yeah um you know it was already it's, it's been postponed once um I'm just salivating at the mouth for this one and then um you know uh, what you said what was the third one Nunez and Nunez? Uh, Amanda Nunez and uh, Megan Anderson and Megan Anderson and and um yeah I mean Nunez staple we expect goat level performances from her um it's it's one of those things where it's hard for me to get excited about a Nunez fight. It's almost like I know, hard to get man. excited about a Shevchenko fight. It's like I kind of think I know how this movie is going to go. But, I mean, I'm not saying Olga doesn't deserve the title shot. You know, you, you, she's going to show up ready to go. Anything can happen. But Nunez is just such a fucking staple. Like, when you go get a quarter pounder, you know what that shit's going to taste like. You know what I'm yep, saying? It's exa- it's exactly right. That's exactly right. She is consistent. Uh, and then a week after that, you have Hamzat and Leon. Hamzat and Leon, man. I, I, I'm, obviously, that, that's another one UFC fans have been clamoring up the mouth for. Just, it's going to like kind of just – there's because there's two camps of UFC fans. You're either all on the Hamzat hype train or you're rolling your eyes saying, I've seen this story before, another young hotshot. And, and uh, this is just the classic make-or-break moment of – of of you know that it, how legit is Hamzad? He's just the ultimate, not the ultimate test, because obviously he can go on, you know, for you know much bigger things. But it is that fork in the road moment for Hamzad of of you know like just how good is he? You know the the level of competition jump that everybody's been begging for. It, it, we're finally getting it, and and just the I'm, attitude. I'm spirit. all in. I'm all in on the Hamzat hype train. Oh, oh yeah, I'm all in too. I'm all in too for sure. Um, I just, cool though, just because like these kind of hypothetical conversations have been going on in you know comment sections and Twitter and all that for for the past however many months since Hamzat's last it's astounding knockout and um and and he's you know the rocket ship's been steadily building and the brand steadily building and the UFC's definitely you know pushing him and he has star potential written all over him. But like I mean. Every UFC fan has seen seen this, you know, seen it. Young hot shot prospects, you know, be kind of humbled or put in their place by guys, kind of like Leon Edwards. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that upper echelon, but not just the kind of. I guess if you want to say gatekeeper, I think Leon doesn't want to be viewed as that. But and shout right. out to Leon for stepping up to the plate and accepting the fight, even though it's been postponed 9,000 times. Like, there's, there's, yeah. It was rumored that a lot of guys turned down the Hamza fight and didn't want that smoke. Um, yeah, um, I mean, it was. It, I, I thoroughly and cannot wait for it. We're going to be definitely all pumped up, you know, cranking up our – shoveling coal into our hype trains. You know and just cranking, cranking that thing. Yeah, for sure, cranking the hype train. Um, 
I mean, your, your thought, do you see any, I mean, you can even go back on all those fights we just covered. Like what, out of those, what are you looking forward to the most? Do you see any upsets happening or just let's hear some, let's hear some beefy Harrison takes. Man, so I think Izzy Yan is what I'm most looking forward to. Oh, okay. I think Israel wins. I think he's the two-belt champ, 85-205, which has not been done before in the UFC, yeah. so I'll be sick. Um, I'd say I'm least excited for Burns Usman, as crazy as that sounds. Kamaru has just kind of lost me as a fan, man. Like the, It has potential style... to not be a fun fight to watch, I, it, it, which right. also means it could be the funnest fight ever. It could be it, a banger. It yeah, be a banger. but – I feel you. The potential exists for a snoozer in any Usman fight. I, I think which that's is fair unfortunate. To say. Yeah. Um, I would say, which is crazy to me, man, is like, this is the first six, like, from today to the day after Hamzat Leon when we do that Beefy Boys episode. That, that's 59 days counting today. So inside of two months, we get all these fights we just talked about. Yeah. So, like, like, what a way to open the year, man. I can't wait till the vaccine gets more prevalent. And we get fans, and we get to just well, have more interaction. Some fans are, some fans are, are they're having some fans. I mean, obviously not a lot. It's like social distance and stuff. But they're starting. They're going to have some fans at these fights. At the at let's start go, this yeah, let's yeah. Go. So heading in that direction for sure. Um, I, you know, what? my I guess upset pick or hot take or whatever. I've said it like nine thousand times. Already. I'd say that's Sterling like, beating Yon. If Sterling's the underdog, that's I'm all day on Sterling. I, I, mean, I, I, I think I, he should be the favorite. I'm riding that now, instead of hype train. It's the backpack. I'm rocking that Sterling backpack. That the Al human train, backpack, the baby. Backpack train. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Yon obviously hell of a boxer, hell of a puncher. I mean, I'm not saying like some people like to call him paper champ. I'm not going to take those shots, but I do think that that Aljo's grappling is going to be too much for him. I think it's a way harder matchup than Aldo. I think that, I mean, Sterling's been just chomping at the bit, waiting in the weeds, as they say, and it's just, it's Amber, it's strike time. Um, I just think that it's a whole new ball of wax, can of worms, what insert term here. I just don't think Jan has, has seen the level of grappling that, that Aljo's going to throw at him. Aljo's a cool dude, too, man. Like, it's oh, easy yeah. to cheer for Aljo. Super yeah. easy guy to cheer for. Very 100%. real, very down to earth. 100%, man. But, yeah, for those of us that enjoyed this podcast, well, do we have news for you? Because there's a whole podcast <laughs> just me and Harrison talking UFC. BP Boys Breakdown. We do have a YouTube page where we put all the video. And then um, we do upload the audio to all your favorite audio podcast platforms. So really, wherever you like to enjoy your podcast, you can find BP Boys Breakdown, where it's me and Harrison. And that's where we talk about what actually took place instead of just projecting and conjecturing about what may take place. The BP right. Boys Breakdown, we actually hard facts, react, what happened, what does this mean for the division, you know, that type of shit, um, as opposed to, you know, making predictions and, and talking as much betting as, as we did here. But, um, yeah, this was episode 32 of Dreadful Talk. And, and go follow Harrison at Harrison underscore Madden on Twitter and Instagram. And we have, at, uh, we have a Beefy Boys Breakdown Facebook page and at Beefy Breakdown Twitter. We have, um, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, brother. I am stoked for these upcoming fights. Yeah, me too, MMA man. fans and UFC fans, you should be too. So yeah, man, we'll um we'll we'll be back at you with more beefy boys real soon. And I cannot wait for Saturday morning. Like I said, instead of Saturday morning cartoons, we get Saturday morning ass whooping, yeah. I know, man. Can't wait. Appreciate the invite on the Dreadful Talk, bro. Thank you so much, my guy. Pull my balls out of the fire. You have a great day, bro. Always, you too, man.